Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. We are officially live on social media, and it is September 1st, Wednesday. We are Reflection Artists Live, episode number 43. Our special guest today is Dustin Jackson. He's out of Alabama. Uh, He has been in the industry and a shop owner for uh, 10 years now, and a lot of you may know him for who he is and his shop, or a lot of you may know him for Detail Bookie, which it originated and he started it back in 2018. It's been on the market for about a year now. And so it's a software that could help your business and yourself in regards to uh, booking and, and services and all that, which he's going to get into. But we want to dive into, of course, and thank just uh, Dustin, of course, on being on Reflection Artist Live, but dive into how he got started in the detail industry and start there and kind of give us the backstory on that. And uh, so I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Dustin. And again, I appreciate on behalf of Buff and China myself with you joining yeah. me today on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to it. You know, we follow you guys. We buy products from you guys. Um, so um, when, when y'all shot the message out and asked, we were happy to uh, participate. But yeah, I mean, uh, when I got back in the uh, detailing business in 2011, and, and it really started before that, I always kept I detailed my own stuff. I always kept my own stuff clean. I was really just anal about who touched my vehicles or boats or whatever. So, um, and I think there's a lot of stories that start like that. You know, we yes. all we all kind of feel that passion. And um, so it evolved. Um, I actually owned another software company um, coming in 2008, nine. Well, it started back 2006, but sold it off, um, took a break um, and then kind of started back, built an office in a little storage facility and decided that I would offer detailing. Um, I wasn't going to do it like on a big scale. It was more or less just to get me out of the house. Um, and true to my personality, that didn't last long. Um, I want you know, business started turning and I hired a guy to come in and help me. And me and him just ran that business for a few years on a small scale. Uh, but business was piling up and uh, we looked at some larger property uh, where we could grow that storage business. And we do boat and RV storage, like covered and uncovered storage and now and, before before you move forward and not to interrupt when you yeah. say small scale what what is a small scale to you or how how would you describe that so in uh, detailing small scale i mean we were doing a, a, you know a few cars a day um we would do a boat or you know a boat a day or something so we were averaging you know a few thousand maybe three thousand four thousand dollars a week at that time um the size of your facility at the time oh, oh it's small one acre um one acre lot and um and uh, so one acre lot and we had storage, you know, there and it was just packed full. So we didn't have a whole lot of room. We had a little, really, we had an office about the size of my office that I'm sitting in now was our whole company, <laughs> you oh, know, wow. my wife was in the, uh, in there answering the phones and, you know, making the schedules and stuff like that. So um, it was really um, a small operation, you know, in the grand scheme of things, especially compared to the businesses that I had built and ran before. But it wasn't intended to. I, I really was doing it to 
Um, I, I needed a place to store my boat and camper and I just kind of just did it, you know. Um, and so quickly outgrew that. I mean, you know, business just started catching on and people came by and then we started doing more and more and then schedule got backed up. We couldn't keep up with just myself and a helper. Um, the facility wasn't big enough. So I went in and bought some property up the street. We're literally a block from where I started. Um, I still own the property down there. That's a reminder every day you drive by, right? Oh, it's a reminder every day. And what the, really the cool story about this is that everybody in there. So I live in a small town, it's called Sarah land. Um, and everybody that passes by, I'm on a main road here has seen my story. They've seen it start small. They see the little sign that we put up, you know, details. Yeah. And now they see us in this six and a half acre facility and it's, you know, buildings are all over it and our detail shops massive. And, uh, you know, it, and literally they follow that, our story along and, um, and, and can see the growth. I like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You kind of froze up. Yeah. So they can, they can see what the growth and now we're up here and I think we have uh, 12 full-time detailers, uh, managers, you know, um, lady that fills our chemicals and stuff in a chemical room. And also, you know, it's a, it's a much different operation now as far as easy in, which that's the name of our detailing business, detailing and storage business. So tell me some of, you know, because I'm sure a lot of listeners want to hear as far as, you know, when you're going from that yourself and a helper kind of scenario, yeah. what's the growing pains that come with that, that have, you know, that get you to that 12 employee manpower kind of business? I mean, because that's, you know, I, I've experienced and everybody has, but it's nice to always hear from every individual, especially because, you know, your market that you mentioned, you know, being where you're at in Alabama, you know, every it's, market's different, it's but small it's town. similar struggles. But yeah. tell me how you've kind of bobbed and weaved through that and, and everything, the challenges that you have with growing that. Yeah. Um, you, well, just so you understand, too, there's 30. We have over 30 employees now under roof here, but 12 of them are full time detailers. But um, and, and that's a, you know, listen, you said it just right when you say growing pains um, and it's not easy and it's not for the faint of heart. But, you know, I like to describe our growth as like a rubber band. And what we do is we we do all we stretch that rubber band as tight as we can get it right before it breaks with the current staff that we have. So when it was just me and a helper, we would do all that we could possibly do. And so the stress was then on the staff. And then when it's time to bring in someone, when you can't do any more, but you have more work than you can do, it's time to bring help in. And then the rubber band comes in. Well, now that stress has shifted from the from the labor force to the owner, because now the owner has to bring in more work to justify the added payroll. So that man, so we try to stretch that back out. And so that's the best way. That's the best analogy that I've ever been able to give it is that rubber band. So let's do all that we can do with the current staff at hand until you have more work than you can possibly do. And then, you know, it's time. Um, a lot of people do projected scales. So they're like, you know, we're going to go out and go after the business and then add to as we need it. We, we went under the approaches into us until we needed it and then brought in help. Um, also um, a quick to hire, quick to fire mentality. Um, so you know, I don't, especially in my detailers, um, you know, we have, we do interviews and we do background checks, but listen, you know, if you're, if you show interest in working and uh, you can be here on time, um, we'll bring you in. You know, we're not, we're not long drawn out hiring process, but it's short term too. And so if we know right away, if you're going to fit in with our team and if you can fit in with us and, and if it doesn't work, then we're quick to just say, Hey, this isn't a thing for us. And, and vice versa, we give them the same respect. 
what's the average time frame you give? I personally give 90 days. What do you 90 days? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, comfortable, um, you know, some happen sooner than that. Uh, you know, if if guy gets in here and he just, you can tell, you know, you can tell. And, and and I tell him in the interview, you know, I do all of our interviews, um, or I'm a part of all of our interviews. And I said, look, it's not personal. What we're going to do is, we're going to determine if, if you like this and if I like you, <laughs> you know, and you're a fit. if you're a fit and, uh, and these guys, and a matter of fact, um, on every Friday, when we have a new hire, um, I ask all the shop, all the guys in the shop to make, take a vote. Um, and he has to prove to his peers if, if he's going to stay or not. Um, and it's a majority rules. Um, so he, they, you know, so he has to earn his way or he or she has to earn his way um by the way i'm a huge fan of female detailers we have a few of them out in our shop and if i could fill it up with female detailers i would uh, i think that, they're awesome yeah. i think they're great um and they've been wonderful for our shop but um but yeah so quick to hire quick to fire um i'm not scared to bring somebody in even if we don't have to have an extra help out there because you just never know how good someone's going to work and you don't want to miss that opportunity now, previous experience, do you still bring them in with that previous experience, knowing there may be a conflict there? Uh, no, no, we, we, we love some experience. Um, it's not required. Um, I mean, we, we hire really both ways. Um, gotcha. uh, you know, guys with experience, you usually end up kind of retraining them a touch anyway on, your pro- on our process. Correct. So it helps some to know what a polisher is, to know what, you know, what particular pads do what, but, but we're not you know, we're going to retrain you the way that EZN does things anyway. Um, so, you know, uh, but, but you do start out as far as pay is concerned. If you have some experience where we're not having to completely start you from ground zero, um, it, it does help a little bit on pay. Gotcha. And this is always a hot subject. That's why I dig into yeah. it. So, you know, like I said, with 90 days and like you're doing, I look at it as, as, as three different terms. You have your first 30 days, you yeah. have your midterm 30 days, and you have your last 30 yeah. days before but it's funny because like when, and you may experience this, when guys come in, they are your, they are your A1. They're your number one guy. They're going man. all in. And then yep. that first 30 days, they try to retain that. Right. And then that second 30 days comes and like, they start to show their true colors a little bit more. And then yep. by that third term, that's when you know who the heck they really that's, are. That's who they really are over yep. here. And, and you know, a lot of guys stick with it. And a lot of guys really keep that drive, but you know, detailing is a thing. It's a passion. You got to love it. I tell everyone yeah. that comes in here, I say, you got to love this job or else you're really going to hate it um, because it's monotonous at times. It, yeah. You know, we do very large boats here. We do a ton of cars. We do a ton of vehicles, but we do a lot of really large boats. Um, matter of fact, I have a mobile unit that goes out and does 50 foot and larger vessels. So yachts. Um, but when you're doing projects like these boats, they're monotonous. You're going to do, so you almost take the detail mindset out of it when you're polishing or you're sanding down a 40 foot hole because you're really just doing the same thing. So you have to be able to kind of, I hate to say, you you, uh, got to be able to handle the mind game of getting down it. And then, then you're, then it turns into the detail game. Um, So it's a, it's a special person now. And and in my car crew, of course, they're hyper detailed, hyper focused, um, I have an excellent car crew. I have an excellent crew period. So I don't want to single one of them out, but our car crew is really strong and uh, they're, they're really focused and they're probably more real, like more that the, their like mentality can probably related more to other detailers out there. The boat detailers are, I mean, they're, they, they get it done. You know, they're yeah. like, they're you're polishing. You got to go. Oh, there's 40 more feet. No. So so what you just did was a kiss of death in marine detail. And it's like, if you're scared of heights, it's like looking down. 
You don't look down. What you're doing when you're polishing about is you don't do this. <laughs> Man, I got, oh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's it's but it's, it's good. We're in a we're right here on the Gulf Coast, um, so tons of marine detailing. Um, we pretty much. Um, I don't know if you know Drake's mobile detailing, but uh, us and him are, are probably top tier um, deep marine detailing down here. We we handle a ton of the business. So um, very nice, very nice. Yeah. Now you've always been into both marine and automotive, or did you start with one or the other? No, I, um, so I started with both, but I was predominantly known in the marine world. Um, even though we had a shop, we would do cars. We would have more boats than cars. Matter of fact, it took years for me to establish a car crew that only did cars. Um, used, used to, what we would do is we'd stop working on a boat that we were doing and go do a car. Um, but finally was able to build. And now now it's about 60% boats, 40% automobiles. Um, so, you know, um, but yeah, it did. We were known, we, we, we built our name in the marine world and then have slowly but surely kind of, you know, push that over into the automobiles. And now, like I said, we're 60, 40. So I felt like we've done a good job of bringing that full circle. I can see that. Cause I have a, a, a local guy that's a friend of mine, detailer, part of the same network of detailers, but he's quite a few miles up the street, but I send him all my Marine and RV, but yeah. that's the market that he thrives for. And don't sure. get me wrong. He does it all. He does automotive as well, you know, mm-hmm. and, and full service like we do with the coatings and correction and all that good stuff. So, but his his investment of where I think he wants to be is more marine and RV because that's what he specializes in uh, yeah. as to where we're getting the cars in. It, yeah, it's niche. You know, you got to you, you figure out what you're great at. We were great at boats. I mean, we did cars fine, but it was just a complete different mindset, different tools. Um, it, it, when I say mindset, it's a really different mindset. So, um, you know, but but now that we developed our car crew, um, that's all they do. Um, it, they, we've been able to really focus on that and be great at it, too. Um, but I, there was a time where I was sending some of our cars down to another shop because uh, we had so many boats. I mean, we would be backed up. We still get backed up for months in the springtime on boats, as, many, as many, big of a crew as we have. Um, we still get backed up months. Um, so, uh, but, but years prior before we had as big of a team, we would be backed up, you know, six or eight months. And, and so we couldn't, we didn't even have time to mess with the cars. We, we would just send them off to another shop down the street. I have great relationships with all the guys that, uh, detail in our local area. Um, I've made a really strong effort to keep everybody, you know, uh, friendly competition. Uh, we don't even consider each other. I mean, of course we're in the same, we're in the same industry, but we're not, we're not a competition. I hold uh, Rupes comes out once a year and does a training thing up here at my shop. And I invite everybody here. I buy them, you know, all the local detailers, buy them lunch and stuff and let them come out and experience that. And, you know, we just, Hey, we're all in this stuff together. True. But on, on the hindsight of it too, when you're the only Walmart in town and everybody else is a mom and pop grocery yeah. store, it's, it, <laughs> it's, it doesn't even have to be said. It's just there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you're, you're, and I don't, and I don't put that in a disrespectful way. I mean it more of like, I mean, you've got, a larger property, a larger facility, you're able to get more throughput with all different levels of work. It be, you become the local source and the main hub for the detail community in your market. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and these guys, you know, we, we all kind of joke around about it and, you know, they, they're always giving digs. Well, easy and just brings them all in, you know, but, but, you know, it's just, it, it is the reality of it is we're a bigger shop, a bigger operation and can, and can do, well, we, we, you know, I call it consume. We do consume more work, you know, in order to drive this train, we have to keep filling the top of the funnel and it takes that amount of work to get, you know, to pay the bills. Yeah. 
Now, do you cross train your detailers to handle both sides, both uh, marine and automotive, or do you keep them separated? So yes, we do, but I don't let, so my automotive, my, my car crew, um, works on boats here and there just to get the feel for it in case we ever had to move one or the other. But 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 we really let them hyper-focus on where they're at. We don't just move crews back and forth for fun, um, but we do cross-train some. Um, we just stepped off into the aviation uh, um, realm. Um, we had um, Ron St. Clair come in from IGL Coatings and do a aviation training. And so I wanted, we ended up training four of our crew um, and I wanted them to experience, you know, the training of it. And then I'm going to kind of move that training on along the shop. So that way everybody knows at least a piece of it. So if you got put on that crew for the day, you could hold your own. We're not expecting you to know it all the ins and outs, but at least be a, an assistant to the, the lead detailer there. Very nice. I like how mm -hmm. you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as services go, obviously with Marine and automotive, what else, what else within your business are you offering service wise? Um, so we just do coatings, uh, correction coatings. Um, we don't do PPF. We looked at Lumar. Um, they've they've kind of came in a few times and wanted us to uh, talk to them about PPF. And we haven't, you know, ruled it out. But right now we want to focus on those. But we do industrial. We do um, recreational vehicles, uh, motorcycles. Like I said, we're adding aviation. We've done a few planes um, and uh, marine and auto, obviously. But yeah, we're just um, correction and coatings. Uh, we don't do tent. We don't do dent removal uh ppf um one thing that we do do differently i just we just got a job today it made me think of it was we do bottom paint on boats so i have a boat lift here and we pick up boats off the trailer and we'll do bottom paint and so uh, i was literally leaving a meeting a while ago with a customer that we're going to do a bottom job is what we call them on his boat and as i was leaving i was like you know for a shop that says we don't do anything but detail for us to do those bottom jobs like that i, I think that's a little bit out of the detail realm and and uh, so, so different service, you know, um, but something that we offer. I mean, if you've got the demand for it, why not, right? And if it's the wheelhouse of some of the things you're similar to, I mean, you're bringing in the boat, you're able to move them, you're able to lift them. Correct. Yeah. And, and while we're there, I mean, that's literally how we sold this one. We had barnacles on the bottom. We were going to end up uh, removing the barnacles and the bottom paint was just getting old. And, uh, you know, hey, while we're here, we can sand that paint off. And and literally it's tape line and roll paint. It's not like it's a, a spray. I mean, it's a very easy application. Um, and so while we're there, we're able to save this guy some money from having to go get it pulled somewhere else and and take it off and do it again. So that's kind of that what we've been doing bottom jobs for wow. about four years now. So very nice. Very interesting. Very cool. Now, you said, I think you mentioned earlier, you do have a retail storefront? We do. So uh, we actually sell outdoor apparel. Um, we have 6,000 square feet of retail space where we sell T-shirts and hat. we're known for our hats. We're, uh, we have over a thousand hats here at all times. Um, they're local brands, just really cool custom, uh, like uh, uh, all different kind of hats. Um, I don't know if you know AFCO. I, so a lot of detailers have never heard of AFCO, but it's a large brand in the fishing industry. And um, so they're really good pants. And they're really good shorts, actually. Um, they said they make pants and stuff. But they, they're known for their AFCO shorts. And um, that's what all of my detailers wear. But we sell tons of them out in our retail store. Um, and uh, we sell some products. We sell, matter of fact, we sell uh, some polishing pads uh, from you guys. And, um, but, but we're known out in our retail store for our apparel. That's interesting. That's a good way to kind of diversify 
in regards to the streams of revenue. So you have well, everything. Yeah. Story behind that is we bought the facility here. We bought this property and it had this huge, this was a uh, lumber yard. Okay. And oh, wow. so there was this huge retail store where they sold like their nails and their hardware and stuff like that. Um, well, that was gone. And so I had this huge building that I had to do something with. And I needed my wife out of my hair a little bit. So, I mean, like she wanted to do retail. We took and picked a piece, a corner of the store. I mean, like, you know, 800 square feet of the, and she put some t-shirts there, you know, and it just like, there you go. <laughs> and if she's watching this, she'll probably kill me. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, and it just took off. It, it, it really did. I mean, she really had the knack for picking stuff and um, she's got a lot more style than I do. Um, so they, you know, she, she does that. And now she's actually kind of shelf that over to her sister-in-law that works for me and uh, does all of our purchasing. And my wife uh, raises the kids. She works at home. So very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Awesome. So aside, so you've got you got the, the storefront with the with the retail on uh -huh. the apparel for the most part. Now you have all these different, you know, do you get a lot of motorcycles in that area? Oh, uh, we do. I mean they, they they're kind of streaky in the spring. Um they come out in the spring, you know, when or in the fall. Uh we'll have a few. I think we have one a couple on schedule this week. Uh we'll coat them, polish and coat them. Um we do uh, you know, motorcycles are probably unique. Um, there's my wife peeking her head around here right now. Uh, um, but yeah, so we do motorcycles. We do all kinds of stuff around here. Also, I mentioned the storage facility that we have. Oh, that's right. And uh, yeah, it's boats and campers. We have covered and uncovered. So around my lot's about 150 boats and campers. Oh, wow. And uh, yep, yep. So, and you know, we just kind of one thing helps add to the next. And I'll tell you one behind the business model was the thought. Here, here was my initial thought years ago. If I'm storing these items here, these guys are going to want them cleaned up. Okay. Like they're going to want them after they want them cleaned up after they use, because I know how I am. I wanted my stuff cleaned after I used it or before I was going to take it out. But I'll be honest with you the storage customers, for some reason, don't use our services near as much as what I would have originally thought. We only detail about 30% of what our storage customers store here, but we built the business to bring, you know, from around the community bringing in. So, it sounds great. The store it sounded really, really good in theory, but storage customers really just drop their stuff off and they don't want to think about it till they're going to use it again. And and it doesn't, you know, that we don't we don't get a whole lot of, but we get some, but not a whole lot. So aside from just storing it away and taking it out when it's ready, there's not much obligation you have. Nothing, nothing. We move, we move them around. We have lifts, uh, forklift around here. We'll we'll pull them out and you know, have them ready to go kind of thing. Just, you know, shoot some air in the tires maybe or something. But, uh, but outside of that, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good business to be in because you don't really have to mess with it that much. I know a couple of guys around the country that have for automotive where they have a big mm -hmm. enough facility where they have enough, uh, you know, four post jacks to store vehicles. To, and to lift them and store them. Yeah, yep. stack them in there. And, and I imagine there's more detail work with the, that type of customer um, than, than mine. I mean, mine are big campers and boats. And, you know, really these guys, I mean, they use them, they only use them a few times a year. I mean, most of the time I lot's full um, just because it sits most of the time. Um, it's, it's really kind of, it's, it, it would blow your mind to think like that, they, that there's this much stuff that never gets used. That would be interesting to ask some of the ones that have some of those facilities for just strictly automotive to see if there's a similar, there's, yeah, yeah, where it's like 30% they want it, the other they just want to store it. Correct. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I could see exactly. that. Or some may have a better, you know, better percentage than others. But 
I, 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 either way, I mean, it's still additional revenues of the total. It, it is. Yeah. And, and business-wise, it helps cover the overhead. You know, that's the best yeah. way to look at it. So. Wow. So I take it that's been a, a, an ongoing and growing thing since you moved from the smaller to the larger facility. That is just now just at a point where you've got it all dialed in. It, it's yes, absolutely. And that's the best way to describe it because when we first bought this facility here at six and a half acres, we basically put every dime we had to buy the property, right? And we done it right in the middle. We were it was like June or, or uh, May. And so it was in the spring going into summer. Well, it's a storage facility, and I expected we had 30 or 40 items stored at this other, you know, at my other location to bring up here, but I had room for a hundred, hundred plus, 150 vehicles and I just assumed that we were going to fill it up due to the way the phones would ring well people don't need their stuff stored a lot during the summer <laughs> and so those first few months I'm looking around this property and like I'm walking the property and I'm going oh my gosh like have we messed up you know have we bought have we bit off more than we can chew and just like every other entrepreneurial stress you know the roller coaster that we ride well yeah. that was the first dip of many dips and there, uh, that there's your motivation <laughs> you had to figure it out so um but you know it, it didn't take what i can look back on it what didn't seem long after that you know going to fall this place filled up and then the you know the storage has been kind of ongoing and then detail you know detail you ride the same wave you know um uh spring and summer are great you go into the fall and the winter and it and it falls all pretty strong and and I always, you know, uh, before the before the term flattening the curve meant something else as far as uh, the, the yeah. pandemic's concerned, I always called it flattening the curve. So when when we come out of, you know, spring and summer and go into the winter where it drops down, we try to level that off. And so we've worked really hard to fill that schedule up deeper into October, November, December, as far as details concerned to help, you know, help um, generate that revenue during those months. Now. And I, and I maybe I don't know Alabama. Do you get snow? Do you get? Uh, no, not not really. Not um, really. If we get snow in Mobile, it's a like it shuts the town down. So um, it's happened like once or twice uh, since I've lived here. Um, I ask because of that that slow point that you usually describe in the wintertime is is most of the northern states that get the snow. It's, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, for us, we can really we work we work year round. Um, you know, we may have a day or two where it gets below freezing where we have to cover the pipes or leave the water running in the shop or yeah. something. But I mean, we don't have the problems that the snow, you know, up north does as far as snow. So um, I'm sure some people don't, don't want to hear that mess. <laughs> they really have a slow season. Same here. There might be a day or two where I got to put some pants on to come to work. All right. Just shorts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and probably those pants you're peeling them off by lunchtime or so, you know, it's done yep. warm up. So. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's the way it is here. Um, we, we really have it, you know, we're blessed to have good weather year round for the most part, that at least workable weather. Very nice. Mm -hmm. So with, with everything you have established, I mean, I'm sure you got a lot on your plate. So at what point, I mean, I know you, you started working, you said in 2018 on this program and software for detail booking for yourself, explain to me how that came about and how you put that into play for being open to consumers. Absolutely. Well, um, that's an easy story. And I'm glad that we had to ad lib and I'm not in my podcast area because you can look behind me and see a whiteboard. Uh -huh. And if you look close, you see these little clips up here. Yeah. Anyways, this board's about 14 feet long that way. And in my office, this is where I'm sitting now, was these boards of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And all those little clips held paper tickets. 
And those paper tickets represented detail jobs. And so you got to picture this as we would have all these boats sitting on my lot and people would come up and we'd write a paper ticket. We'd give them a, an estimate, you know, here's what, here's what it's going to cost. Here's what we're doing. We would pin it to the wall. And once we had a week full, then we go right over here to these shelves and we'd start stacking up and that's our backlog. So now we have all these boats on my property, 40 and 50 extra boats that aren't storage, people waiting for details. So my staff full-time answering the phones, trying to figure out when we're going to get the boat done. What are we doing to a boat? And I always tell this story because it's the best story to tell is we had four blue sea hunts, dark blue sea hunts on my lot at one time. Well, on these paper tickets, there was nothing to distinguish which sea hunt was which except for a name. And so I look, oh. I grab a ticket. We're doing a blue sea hunt today. Go out there and there's four of them that are identical. Oh, and I'm like, wow. yeah, I'm like, well, okay. And then you got to call the owner. They've been waiting weeks to get this boat detailed. And now you got to say, hey, how can I figure out which one of these boats is yours? You know, like we're going through registration and stuff. And so I'm like, man, something's got to give. Like this puts us in a bad position with our customers. We do great detail work, but yeah. we weren't running our business very well. Yeah. Um, and I took that personal because I was running the business, you know. You have to, yeah. Um, and so, so I made a commitment. I looked into other apps uh, or other softwares that were available at that time, which you there's doing a, nothing digital. Uh, nothing. No, no, no. We tried Google, uh, uh, Google calendars. Um, we tried the Facebook scheduler. Um, Some of the basic stuff, but it just wasn't the basic there. stuff that everybody does. Um, Square app, I think was, was really um, new at that point. It may have been late 17, but like you're able and uh, road FS and all them, they weren't even, you're able wasn't there yet. And, and, and there was a few and road FS was just kind of getting, in and and we we weren't really where we wanted to be on that so we so i just made a commitment to build what we needed um we were really specific about what we needed and so um you know i respect all those other software companies we're, we're all friends so yeah um, but they just dc you, you give yeah, nice absolutely and, and listen so it, you know i have nothing but great things to say about all of them yeah. um but but where I, we were in time a lot of them that didn't exist RoadFS was there but it just wasn't exactly what we needed so we went in and built and I built with the intention of not taking it to market, not selling it to other detailers. At least I told that to my team. Uh, that was my, I think deep down, I probably knew if it turned out great that we would, we would do something with it. Um, but we, we built and it took us a year to build it um, and a year to get, get it built and start using it. But it's immediately when I started using it and started being able to put, you know, pricing in all of my packages, all of my pricing, that freed me up because at that time I was the only one that could give pricing out here in the yard on, on any boats or cars because it was all in my head. You know, we had papers, you know, we're kind of starting at prices, but Dustin was the one that had to give all the prices. So if Dustin needed a day off or Dustin, which that didn't happen, but if, if Dustin, you know, was not here for whatever reason, then that job couldn't get priced right then. So then, you know, exactly. So you, yeah. can't, you can't build that way. If, if no I'm the consultations if we're not on the property. Correct. And if I'm the only person that can do something, then I'm the only person that's going to do that something forever. So that's you got to be able to pass that along. And the software allowed me to do that. It allowed me to let my sales team go out and give prices based on the conditions and the size of the vehicles that they put in. So now our pricing is 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 a menu is, is a menu for anybody that goes in there to see it. And this was version one, by the way. This was not available to any other detailers. We did it just for us. Um, and then, of course, you had the schedule. You had the notifications that we would. So now our customers got you know used to like constant communication on what's going on. And now we were able to take the boats that were 
would normally be sitting here because we couldn't tell them when we were going to get to them and only take one week's worth of work at a time and tell the other ones, hey, you're on schedule for three weeks from now. Bring it then. Because we knew we were organized. It, it made us run the business like we were running the detail shop. Very organized, like a machine. And so it's, uh, I, knew, I knew instantly that we, we were onto something big and it doesn't, you don't just flip a switch and okay, well, everything's great. And it's, you know, computer software. And, you know, it took us a year to iron out the details to, to get everything fine-tuned. And then, you know, after I saw what it could do for my business, we did, we re, I made the commitment in 2019 to rebuild it, to take it to other detailers and say, hey, I don't want to keep this. It's done such great work for my business. I really want to see it help everybody else. One approach that I took differently as far as detail booking is concerned is um, it's package pricing and it's based on vehicle size. So one of the issues in our industry is pricing. It's, it's a well-known fact that everybody, you know, everybody struggles with that at times, you, you know, you, you know and, and it varies from state to state, market to market. But one thing that doesn't change is the size of the vehicle from state to state, market to market. And the one thing that affects your pricing is the size of the vehicle. You got condition and you got size. Outside of that, it's, a, you know, a, 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 an Escalade is an Escalade. Okay. Yeah. It's either a dirty Escalade or it's a clean Escalade, but it's the same size. Yeah. Okay. So we built that sizing model into our system that would allow you to put packages and pricing based on size. So if a customer is picking out or if me as the detailer is pricing a job, I select that. Now my price comes up specifically for that vehicle size with all the things that I'm going to do to it. And that's allowed us to help detailers fine tune their pricing without saying, oh, you're going to have to go in here and type in all your services and figure all this out on your own. The system is built to walk you through that and help you understand your pricing because all of our pricing is different. Um, yeah. My cost to run my business is different than your cost, but the things that aren't different are the size and the conditions of the vehicles. And, and if we can eliminate those two, then, then we can, then everybody can put the right pricing in. So. No, it's funny. Cause I kind of, you know, have developed, but you know, a lot of the guys within like the detail mafia and other groups that I'm part of that have seen my yeah. price guide. It's been a living document since 2010. Absolutely. 2009, I started it with the standard, you know, small, medium, large vehicles like everybody does. Yeah. Yep. And you no, know, 2008, 2009, that's where I was. And then it went from cars to crossovers with four categories, trucks and then mm -hmm. SUVs. And then those four categories there became subcategories underneath that for the size of the car. That's you right. Know, Two door, two door large, four door, you know, sedan, you know, all of that getting into that. And I dialed that in. Now I have a 23 car size <laughs> lineup, you know, four categories, but the subcategories make up for it. That's right. And, and so with the pricing, is this something too where they're able to have, like, for example, with me, the price I get for that size vehicle is for a new to like new. So anything in additional condition is an additional price. There's additional no backwards. No, right. So yeah, it starts as, as, as good condition. And then you can um, uh, you can add to so add-ons are available to increase the price based on condition. So extra dirty fee, extra pet hair fee. Um, you know, if, if basically and, and the way I set our packages up are is is the time between your last detail. So like my express detail or my maintenance detail, if it hasn't been done within 30 days, this package isn't applicable to you anyway. So you got to go up to our elite package. If, if you haven't had a detail in six months, 
then you're not applicable there. You go to our full. And, and that's how we determine that. And then, then the conditions affect the price within that range. So, and all this, by the way, is built into the system. So a detailer that, that, that starts, whether they've been in business for 20 years or, or two months, they, when they start with Detail Bookie, they get uploaded with presets of all this stuff that's in there. And then they can just tweak it to fit their pricing or take, you know, if they change, if they call it two bucket, you know, two bucket method rather than phone bath, they can quickly change one service name in there and it changes it throughout the whole system to match what they have in their marketing and what they call it every day, what their customers are used to hearing. Um, but yeah, same, same concept. Uh, you don't have to give these price ranges or these pricing starting apps anymore because we've eliminated all that. The reason that we have to do that before is because we would have vehicle ranges, the size yeah. range, a medium truck. Like, okay, well, you know, like, how do I know if, if I'm a customer, I don't know what a medium truck is. Yeah. I mean, we they know, only know their truck or previous vehicles they've owned. They don't, they don't see the amount of vehicles we see. Correct. So, so okay, I got a Chevy 2500, boom, that's going to be my starting at price based on the conditions that I'm putting in. By the way, we asked them the conditions. Here's one of the things that I was able to, um, I think, prove wrong to myself and everybody else was thinking that, okay, well, customers are going to lie. So if we offer online booking, they're going to say, oh, my vehicle's not that bad. Well, they do during a text. They always say, oh, mine's not that bad. Just needs a, you know, just needs a, a buff and wax. Okay. Yeah. We're all here. Yeah. Here's the thing about online shopping for them. They have, so when they're on there, they have to lie to themselves. They're not lying to you. So they, if they click a button and say, okay, my vehicle was detailed in the last six months, uh, they have to physically tell us that, you know, lie to themselves if they click that button. And now they know that they're already wrong. So when they come in and their vehicle's trash, you say, okay, we see you pick this package. Really, it's going to be this one right here. They're like, yeah, I saw that. I thought it would could go either way. No problem. It's a be much better conversation than, than over a text. Well, it just needs a buff and wax. Okay, well, our, our enhancement is this or our one step is, you know, whatever. Um, wow, it, text it's and a, email. Some people are <laughs> successful at it. It sucks trying to run a business through text and email for me. I can't do it. I never, I, I would never do it. The first thing that my work coached up on is get a phone number. Get get them on the phone. If they can't go through online, Ooh, booking, in front get, them, of me. get them in front of me is even better. Even yeah. better. The text, the email, that that back and forth. Um, I see, you know, and, and I'm careful to say this because I know a lot of detailers use it this way. And I know there's a lot of good companies that, that promote this type of service, but on their websites, they have a form a contact form. So now I got to reach back out to this, you know, this person. And so now you basically built me a list of phone calls that I got to do after hours. Our system at least gets the tire kickers out of there. So if we're sending them over to our booking site, they select their vehicle, they select the conditions, they see our pricing available for that vehicle and those conditions. And then they also see add-ons available. They're, they, they already at least have an understanding of what you're going to charge and they eliminate themselves if they're not really interested. Um, so, you know, like I said, all, it doesn't matter what kind of software you have. If you're running a detailed business, you need something. Um, it helps our industry. It helps professionalize our industry. It helps take us that next level. So as we're starting to explain what we do, we're not just the car wash guy, you know, yeah. and we can charge these professional prices. So, I'm, you know, my thoughts are if you don't have something, you need something, but our system is built to run a, specifically to run a detailing business. It runs one every day um, and, and not to brag or be boastful, but one that does over a million dollars a year in detail. Okay. So if it can run mine, it can definitely run others. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing is, it's like software is like chemicals, right? There's no, there's no one 
fits all kind of thing. Absolutely. So you've got to right. figure out which one's going to be a fit for you. And if somebody is introducing another approach that is a better fit for you, then that's just what it comes down to. But the all in that category are helping the detailers become more successful. That's the end it, result. That's exactly right. I mean, it's the, the, what it's doing for our industry is I can't tell you how great it is. I mean, it's nice to have conversations with people and they are able to compare apples to apples because now we have those things to compare them with instead of saying, well, you know, I really just have to see every vehicle and do estimates only and stuff. So, you know, it's, um, I'm sorry, it's, um, okay. it, it's, it's great for our industry. Yeah, and that is, don't get me wrong, some people are just stuck in their ways, right? You can't get them to go digital. Oh, look, you're, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> they still got the carbon copy, old school, buy it from Staples or wherever they're getting it from, Amazon maybe, and writing out the ticket, keeping one copy, giving the other copy. Yeah. You know, hopefully it makes it makes it the bookkeeping if it doesn't get lost somewhere. Oh, and if it's cash, it's definitely not going to bookkeeping. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's awesome because I feel like you know the system like that in, in working with other systems myself, um, you know, it is what you have is unique because you know they all have their claim to fame and the way that they have their approach Absolutely. is very great. But yep. you have taken a unique approach and breaking it down into the vehicle size. And it will set a lot of these guys up for success because with all the traveling and trainings and everything that I've been part of, thankfully, I've talked to detailers. And the biggest thing that they're clueless on is pricing, pricing. service structure. Yep. How the hell do I price this service for the structure of what I'm doing and vice versa? And it's like it and some of them, they just are they so get- overwhelmed. Yeah. They just don't get it. They don't understand where their time is going. They're not getting paid for their time. So being able to set them up for success right out the gate like this. And then that's the other thing is then they need to find their market value, right? Where they're, right. Where they're at in business, what their market is able to sustain, you know, yeah. and some, you, you could go a little bit above market. And that's the other yeah. thing I'm sure you understand is that just because you're in a small market doesn't mean you have to have small rates. No, we're on the higher side. We're, we're yeah. above market rate um, just because, and, and we do that because we're so full. Like we have so much scheduled out that, that we need to be, we don't need to be doing hundred percent of the jobs that call them for an estimate because we don't have this time or the staff or the facility to do it. Um, not to mention that helps the economy that, that spreads the love around here. So, yeah. so we are on the higher side of that. And one thing that, you know, as far as software, and, and this isn't a sales pitch, by the way, I'm not our salesman for our software. I just use it every day. And I didn't want- I, I just use to... it, help develop it, but not a salesman. <laughs> yeah, I might make a little money off of it, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but listen, it's, um, you know, it really helps take out some of those variables that when, when, when you talk about, well, how do I price these or how do I know? It takes out some of those variables that you have to think about. And it says, okay, what would you charge for this? And then if you give them all that, then they say, okay, yeah, I could do that in about two hours or three hours. And here's my cost for those two or three hours. I'm going to put that amount in there. And now they're confident. Now they know what they're going to do. And now they, and when the customer sees it, it's confident. It's not, oh, uh, you know what? Right. And now it's not negotiable because you don't negotiate with Walmart because they give you a receipt. They give you a price tag, right? Yep. And, and the reason you don't go in there and say, I'll give you $20 because they didn't shoot from the hip when you got to the register. There's the price tag, take it or leave it. Yeah. Same concept. And this works with all softwares. They're, you're getting an invoice with a list of services. And, and anytime that our famous quote around here is anybody, anytime somebody wants to pay less is what do you want us to not do? 
take you you take it off the you you look you you control what we're doing to your vehicle. This is what needs to be done. If you want it cheaper, what should we not do? And yeah. that that always turns that around and say, you know what, you guys got it. You know, go ahead. Um, and so we we're empowering the detailers to 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 deliver these prices with confidence and their customers to feel good about it. So. Um, you know, and then we're here for them uh, too. Uh, look, so I made myself available. Um, every one of our customers has my phone number. Um, they all have access in our MVP group too. So we're we're here to help. And uh, whether and, and that's with whether you're using our software or not, we're we're just here to help the industry and 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 hopefully grow this thing good for all of us. Well, the plus side is you're part of. You know, you're an yeah. active operator. Absolutely. You know, you're involved at the same level in the same playing field. That no matter how big or small, you're still in that arena. So Absolutely. the fact that you're able to also produce this from a user standpoint, an operator standpoint, is gives you a little edge, I think, in regards to what other software companies have. And I'm not taking away from any of them because sure. I'm like you. I love them all. I'm friends with all of them. Yep. They, all, they all do great. And they all they know do. that I they love do. them. But they all have their place. And, and I truly believe that. Um, but do they have 10 years of operating a detail shop? Right. No, and, that's, and That's the thing. you know, And that's what gives you the edge to mm-hmm. be able to not sell it, but have where maybe the consumer or the detailer has more confidence with mm-hmm. your stuff because they know you developed it from an operator standpoint. That's right. And continue to test it every day. You know, so there's no better uh, test than just repeatedly day after day after day. My shop is, you know, using the software along with hundreds of other detailers, but our shops, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's testing it at a more uh, rapid pace. Uh, we're putting it to the test every day and, you know, things, if things come up, we're quick to fix them. Um, that I have develop development team that works full time. So like we're, we're on it. Yeah. And like you, to your point either, and again, not, not bragging, but your revenue reflects on that. Yeah. And if you're able to trust a dollar amount with that kind of software, yeah, that speaks in volume. It, it does. It really does. And, uh, you know, and like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. It, the only reason that we've gotten to where we are is because of the software. Um, had there been something that existed like this, I would not have built. I did not have just, I didn't wake up one morning and want to put all that money up and, and do it. I, I just needed something that would help us grow and help us run the business. Like we wanted to, you know, build that we were doing such great detail work. I wanted our business to match that and our customer communication to match that and our pricing and instead, we were just lacking in that department, so we just had to fix the problem. Now, are you going into or does, does your program, I should say, offer an inventory approach as well for retail? Um, so we will have an inventory for like chemical usage and stuff. That's a feature set that we're going to put together. Um, here's here's my thoughts on that, and this is why I pushed that for so long. Is I think that it's a thing that sounds really good to detailers, but do they use it? If I'm a single shop owner, if I'm a guy running a van, you know, truck by myself, or maybe me and a helper, am I at the end of the day measuring chemicals or putting in, you know, my usage? Am I actually doing that? Or is this one of these features that I'm going to build out that you're going to go up, looks great. You're going to start it. And then six months later, you're like, man, I don't use that. You know, I just I order it when I need it. I, I, I believe there's value. And let me tell you how much I believe there's value. I literally pay a girl full time. Um, she's awesome, by the way. And to be in our chemical room and she fills our chemicals and weighs them every day. We do an inventory on our stuff. Like she fills all the carts, the road crews, everything, every single day. And we know exactly what everybody's using down to the plastic razor, down to the magic eraser, down to the uh, ceramic coatings, you know, everything. 
So I, I, 100% there is value in inventory on, on chemical usage and reordering. Um, but I pushed that feature set coming out a little bit down because I don't believe that it's needed right this second for my detailers. I think there's more important things that will help them operate cleaner and leaner before inventory is needed. Yeah, that's just my first, that's my personal approach. So I know that, that, that there's detail. Oh, baby, you're driving yeah. the ship, right? So it's, <laughs> you know, and, and it's a thing that you develop. So, I mean, you're developing based on your vision, not, yeah. you know, and plus other people giving you oh. what they feel needs to be added to it, but it's still your vision at the end of the day. So if they like it, great. If they don't, yeah. And so just to be honest, like in our MVP group, we take a poll. We did our our next set of five features and we run it out into a poll and they vote. Those, they vote on those five. Top one comes up. That's the first one we work on. Second one, third one, fourth one, so forth. So we're building the software to for our customers needs. Um, but we have hundreds of features that, that have been thought of over years of meetings that we you know keep in our feature train. And so we just kind of bring them up as we feel that fits the best you know roadmap for our for, for the software. I like that. That's very cool. That's very cool. Keeps keeps everything innovative and relevant. Oh, it does. You have to, man. You got to stay. You know, listen. There's, uh, you know, th th this the business and the industry is changing every day. Things are evolving. Software is evolving, and and we have to stay current, man. We have to we have to make sure that we have a you know a, a great product out there that's really going to help these guys and going to make them you know going to put money in their pockets at the end of the day. Bingo. So. With everything you have going on um, in the software side of it, is there anything new that you'd want to touch on that you might be bringing to the table with the software that's exciting? Um, I know that we have SEMA coming up. There's a lot of uh, hearsay about who's going, who's not going. But let's just say if SEMA was happening 110% and you were going, is there anything well, yeah. new you would produce? Are you going to hold off until that time frame? Yeah, we have a big announcement coming. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to give it away right now. Um, it will come to. out SEMA time, but we have okay. a huge announcement coming. So, um, and, and look, we talk about on my podcast, we've been talking about the SEMA thing for a few weeks, just trying to get the feel for who's going and who's not. Um, and, and I know that uh, IGL just, uh, Joel Palm just made a post and said that those guys were probably going to pull out um, this year. I don't know if you've seen it. And, yeah. uh, and I, and I hate it. Um, we had actually made the decision about a month ago to not go. Um, we were going to go, we were going to go participate, but we we're not going to um, set up our booth and all just because of the restrictions and stuff. It, not really the mask, but just the, the, we, I felt like participation was going to be down and, and details already the little stepbrother in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we, got, like, we got our corner. It, you're right. <laughs> so if you shrink that down even more, I had my concerns about, the investment. How much money was I going to spend, and how much how much was I going to get out of it? And if I if I decrease exposure, um, am I doing the right thing for our team and business? And and so again, it's really not as political or or, or, or that as it sounds. It's really just a number. It's a numbers game. The and ROI. If you, if you that's it. And if you take away the number, of, if you minimize the participants, um, and then. You know, and, and I have my doubts, of, you know, I hope they keep on going with it for the show's sake. And but I don't know if that they'll be able to. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But um, I'm looking forward to a great 2022. Uh, so Detail Bookie will be there and full swing will be at MTE um, Orlando. Um, we wanted to go. We were in last year. Of course, you know, it got canceled. We were at SDC. We were at uh, MTE in 18 and 19, I believe. Um, yep. And we were at SEMA 19 too. So yeah, we, we support these shows. We would be there with bells and whistles on um, under any other circumstances. Just, you know, doesn't really add up on our end. Well, it's good that you have 
you know, some exciting news that's going to come down the pipeline, whether oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just or because... announced with everything you do naturally. So, yeah, just because we're not going, man, we're going to be celebrating this time. But we actually did SEMA Live, uh, which uh, I don't know if y'all were participated in the three, SEMA 360 or SEMA. Yeah. And we struggled with that one. Uh, that was, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. That was so, unique. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> word for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but but we are. We're gonna have big announcement. We're gonna have cool stuff hitting the ground. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pump it up just like if we were going. So the guys that go, I mean, we'll still have things that are going on and and you know um, virtual type stuff that they can participate in. So without giving it all away, I, you know, there there will be things going on that's gonna be a lot of fun during that time. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Um, so outside of that, we are coming up on time, Dustin. Okay. So a couple things. Um, Last words of advice for, you know, detailers, business owners, anybody in general with, you know, you've, you've carved out a really good thing for yourself. What can you give back in regards to advice for the guys listening? Uh, keep going. You know, listen, it's, it's, it's a ride for all of us. Um, it sounds easy to sit here and go, oh, well, you do this much of money in detail a year. You got these businesses going on. But look, we face the same battles every day. Um, you know, and, and so the entrepreneurial roller coaster never ends. I started when I was 14 years old. I had my first business license right there somewhere. And uh, I was 14 years old. I owned a paintball field. And so it was, bo- it, I was born with this. I don't have a choice in the business owning world. It's just who I am. But we all face the same battles. Um, we all go through those times where you don't think you have any of it figured out and you don't know what you're doing and, you, and people are going to drive you crazy. Customers, employees whoever it may be, just know that the sun's going to come up tomorrow and you're going to figure out a way that, you know, and, and, and things do get better over time. You just stay with it, wake up every morning, put the smile on, you know, uh, I always tell us like eat, eat the shit sandwich. You got a, you got a bad customer, just deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Don't you swallow your pride, deal with it, get it behind you and move on to the next hundred great customers. Don't let one kill you. Don't let one just, ruin your day and time because it's going to happen. You're going to deal with the, the customer that knew he wasn't going to be happy when he got, he knew he wasn't going to be happy when he dropped off. So you, there's no way you could have pleased him or him or her. So uh, that's not, you know, that's probably it, man. Just keep grinding. We all go through the same problems, you know? Very cool. I like it. So basically uh, he's got a large facility and if you show up at easy and detail and unannounced expect to yeah. get hit with a paintball. <laughs> right. Hey, funny story. There's a lot of hiding spots, from what I understand. There's a lot of hiding spots. That's I don't think that really like that, that uh, We did take the staff. Um, I'm known. I'm known for our staff appreciation thing. So we did take them paintballing a few months oh. ago, um, and that was a blast from the past because I hadn't played in 20 years. Um, nice. Once I, when I when I stopped and got out of the business, I was done completely. You know. Um, but we are known for our staff parties. We did a tooping trip two weekends ago, and I take everybody in a Greyhound bus, and we go two down the river, and it's it's fun. We you know we work hard, we play hard, and and it's kind cool. of our motto. So it's cool. That is awesome. Now, as far as people being able to get a hold of you for both sides of it, both uh, Easy In and, yeah. of course, Detail Bookie, if you could put some plugs out there. Absolutely. You can find us on any social media outlet, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, I don't know. I think we're even on uh what's it called? What's the new thing? Um, uh, not Snapchat, but what's the new one? Mel with the little only Listen, okay, I know you I know we're running out of time, but quick OnlyFans story is my uh so I was talking about TikTok, but my wife owns a group or she's starting a group fitness business, and the ongoing joke on our podcast is it's going it's a virtual group fitness. 
and it's going to be put on OnlyFans. So me and Ryan, the guy, uh, my sales manager, uh, we're cracking up about this OnlyFans thing, and uh, she's sitting over here shaking her head. So <laughs> anyways, not OnlyFans, but yeah, you can find us. You look us up at EZN or Detail Bookie. We'll pop right up um, in Google search, but YouTube, Facebook, you know, all the social media outlets. Uh, we're easy to find. I'm easy to get in touch with. Um, you can find my personal Facebook page, Dustin Jackson, shoot me a message. Um, I, I love this. I do this every day. Uh, I talk, I'm happy to talk to anybody about anything as far as business or detail or software or whatever. Um, and and uh, so, yeah, that's where you find us. Very cool. Dustin, man, I love the story. Uh, Thank you. Especially, again, being you're an, you're an operator and you've got the background of building a business on top of bringing something new to the industry. That's, sure. that's unique and, and helpful for all, all the detailers coming in. That's totally awesome. So I just thank want you. to say Appreciate kudos it. to you and everything you're doing. Well, thank you. you. You guys have been awesome to us. Love what you're doing too. And uh, man, I, I appreciate the, the partnership that we've been, been able to form with Buff and Shine and, and you guys are absolutely awesome. Thanks for having me on your show too, man. You're yeah, awesome. no, Great. I appreciate you being on as well. And again, everybody at home or on the road or wherever it is you may be, Thank you for listening. This is Reflection Artist Live. It's episode number 43 with uh, Dustin Jackson from Detail Bookie and EZN Detailing in Alabama. Uh, you've got all the information if you want to reach out to him. Uh, he has a wealth of knowledge and his background of building his business and, of course, with his software as well to help you be more successful. So, again, everybody, thank you on behalf of Buff and Shine. And, of course, you know where to find all of our podcasts on any of the podcast platforms we've uploaded on YouTube and, of course, uh, our Facebook page, Reflection Artist. So thank you guys. And Dustin, thank you again. And have a great day, man. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. Good seeing you, Justin. Right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.